Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Blitz coming, picked up, Prescott looking to run, throws across his body downfield, oh lamb, a one-hander, and a penalty to boot, C.D. Lamb, what a grab. Kevin Burkhart on the call for Fox Sports, it's Fox. the get right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Ross and Rigo holding down for here on your turn it on, leave it on stage, appreciate you joining us on Odyssey. And the Odyssey at Reg continues his Cowboys 2022 season rewatch with weeks 11 and 12 with the Cowboys' destruction of the Minnesota Vikings and, of course, taking out the Giants on Thanksgiving Day at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Attitude if you want to get at us on Twitter. Coming up in 17 minutes, Isaac Harris of Mavs.com going to be joining us live from Springfield, Massachusetts, where, of course, Dirk Nowitzki will be immortalized this weekend as a basketball Hall of Famer, Isaac Harris of Mavs.com joins us here on the Get Right in 16 minutes. But we want to continue our Cowboys rewatch, Reg's Cowboys rewatch. Oh, you just want to make it clear that you was not watching these games. But yeah, I had enough pain watching uh, some of these games from last year. A lot, a lot of good stuff. That was, there's some fun from last here, year. Uh, and one of my favorite games from all of last year was what the Dallas Cowboys did to Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Bubba. Yeah, Bubba. Yeah, this, man. This is one that if you like to see somebody get hit over and over Woo! and over again, cue this one up, baby. Cue this one up. Week 11 at Minnesota, U.S. Bank Stadium, watching the Cowboys take on the Minnesota Vikings at that point. Uh, I mean, all through the season, pretty well regarded, um, at least when it comes to the standings, right? Minnesota team, uh, one that – Kevin liked to call throughout the course of the season. The most unserious team at all in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I necessarily blame them for this one, but however, I will start with my very first note that I wrote. I don't always read these verbatim, but let's start with the very first one. Mike is back at defensive end because he's been playing some linebacker. Instant sack fumble. Cooks, he cooked Derrishaw. <laughs> and Derrishaw is not a bad left tackle. Cooked him. And I know early on, and I'm sure, like, obviously, you go into a week, you're preparing, you're like, yo, we got to account for number 11 and all that, boom, 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 boom. Oh, I have my game notes for this I one. already know that Kirk Cousin was like, oh, okay, this is different. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Third play of the game. That's right. Micah Parsons with a strip sack mm-hmm. of Kirk Cousins with Dorrance Armstrong with the fumble recovery. That set the tone for the entire game. By the way, this is a Vikings team coming off the week before where they had, they had that wild game in Buffalo and they won that game with the Patrick Peterson interception. 
they were coming back home with all the quote unquote momentum, if you will, and looking. Look, huh? All in. See it, how that works. All I said it because of you. See how that works, huh? Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the featured game of the week in the NFL: Cowboys Vikings, because of what these two teams had done up to that point. Yeah, and look, I read that first one because I could keep reading all these other ones that I wrote down. Um, Shaw got pushed into dirt, in, into Kirk's back. You know, and all these times, Kirk is in hell. Mike and company is his personal hell. <laughs> and it just, they over and over and over again. You saw the ball getting out quickly. You saw Kirk Cousins just flat out missing just because he's like, I'd rather not get hit again. I'd rather get this out quickly. And wherever it goes is where it goes. And really, that was, that was largely the story of this game when you talk about, what was it, a 40-3 to victory? Yes, sir. In favor of the Cowboys, right? The offense put up 40 points, and it really didn't even feel like they did all that much because the defense was just constantly in the backfield. Now, one thing I will say, right, Pollard, again, and it feels weird to just have to keep saying this, but Pollard, patient running, explodes through crease, 18 yards, then 20 yards soon thereafter. At this point during the broadcast, I noticed that they say Tony Pollard was number one in the NFL at that point in yards after contact. So the conversations that we were having about the running backs, right, you need this big back. I don't think necessarily it needs to work. I don't think you need Jerome Bettis. I don't think you need the bus in that same way. Tony Pollard is shifty enough and He's smart enough between the tackles. to be able to, even if he takes contact with the blocking that this offensive line provides. And let me tell you, over the last over these two games, Minnesota and New York Giants in week 11 and 12, and of course some of the games before, you see the run blocking prowess of this team, right? Don't talk about pass blocking. It gets a little iffy. But when they get up there and they can combo black, especially off the right side of this line behind number 70 and number um, 78, if I got uh, Terrence Steele's number right. That's right. right. Okay, fantastic. Uh, those dudes move. They get up to the second level, and all ter- Tony Pollard needs is a solid crease. And God forbid you give him a Grand Canyon. He's going to turn that into something special. And so um, that's those are some of the things that we saw. Um, Pollard in space even. Um you know what's even wild about this game? Because there were two games with Tony Pollard that I remember most. The yes. Chicago game where he went off for three touchdowns in that game and the Minnesota game because it was one of my favorite plays of the entire season. The wheel route touchdown pass yeah. from Dak Prescott to Tony Pollard. And I'm like, hey, can we get more of that, please? Can we get some more of that? Because uh, Tony Pollard was dynamic. This game was so wild. Even Brett Maher nailed a 60-yard field goal buddy, attempt in that game. Buddy, I wrote it down. I was like, hey, man. Uh, he he cooked too. He had a sixty. He had a fifty. He yeah. had a fifty-three. Easy. Yeah. Look, man, the dude was good last year. That was for me in the regular season, the single best performance: offense, defense, special teams. They put it all together in that destruction of Minnesota on the road in front of what was a national televised audience. Loki Joker on YouTube mentions that Diggs locked down Jefferson as well. He sure did. And I can't speak as much to that because I did not do if look, if I if I really take the time to watch the all twenty two and break down every play, you're not getting two of these every every time we on the air. However, it was very evident the the ways in which the defensive line was getting involved, but there was times where you were like, no, there's definitely some coverage sacks in here, right? There's definitely some instances where if he wanted to get it out quicker, he probably could have, except who's open. Right. And so that factors in. But let's get to the one that I thought was more interesting, Week 12 versus the New York Giants, starting with the idea that this is a short week for, uh, for um, coming from the Minnesota game. I think for both these teams, in fact. They played on Sunday. Obviously, they get the Thursday night um, Thanksgiving game. New York Giants were down three offensive line starters, so guess what I'm about to talk about. Can you guess? Can you guess? 
Uh-uh. Defensive line was doing stuff. <laughs> Defensive line was doing stuff. Uh, Daniel Jones was like extending plays because, you know, he's got the legs and everything. And the, the tight end was leaking out. And that was really, you know, where they were able to do things. You could tell they were trying to move side to side um, and make the defense cover that way. It was still a problem. Um, Dan Jones, uh, midway through the first quarter or maybe late in the first quarter, I noted that Daniel Jones noticeably getting the ball out quickly. Defensive line on his mind, right? Like that that was happening. Um, they targeted Anthony Brown early, though. Of course they did. Yeah, I'm watching this back, I'm like, hey dog. I look, I got it. I was doing a lot defending Anthony Brown. Uh he was always around to play. Hey, where'd but that little, get boy, you? where'd that get you? The mark. <laughs> the mark. Hey man, CD Lamb game. Actually, no. CeeDee Lamb game, he definitely showed up, but Tony, uh, sorry, uh, Michael Gallup, podium game. What's happening, dog? Right? Especially, we get to a point where he's using his size, he's showing his, you know, catch radius. Um, it got to a point where it definitely felt like Dak Prescott was like, yo, um, someone down there. Right? Dak, Dak looked good in this game, right? Dak and CeeDee looked like he was on, they were on the same page. I'm talking about passes hitting exactly, like, compared to you know, particularly that Green Bay game. Yeah, yeah. Night and day. Night and day, what we're talking about when we see this. Dak Prescott looked very good throwing the football. Everything, he was slaying it, man. The routes were all very good, too, especially when it comes to CD. Like, CD was hitting his routes. He was making dudes look stupid in in coverage, right? Like, this is what you wanted the offense to look like. And, of course, that game, as I'm going back, because I'm, rec- you know, recollecting in terms of my notes here, uh, one of the best games for Zeke that that game. Zeke also very good, and yeah. like that's again talking about the way that this offensive line was blocking, right? Zeke obviously doing what he does, right? De- Zeke was not a bad running back. I think really when we talk about some of these things, it's the framework again. When you talk about okay. that contract, it gets really tough. But one thing I did want to mention, I mentioned all that about Dak being good. There's two interceptions, and both of them very clearly, I don't I don't place on him. And I understand people will get mad. One of them was the CD where he pops it up and it just goes right behind him. Like yep. Everybody's going to agree on that one. The other one is a Michael Gallup route where it's clearly a comeback, except he does not plant strong, he does not come back strong, and the cornerback gets underneath him. I don't know what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, because some of those are on the receiver for either not necessarily giving up on the route, not saying he gave up on the route in this particular case, but you got to run the route clean, you got to run it strong. And but when he, when he did, right, when he hits the ball – Money balls on the money, catching it right. He's he's not separating a ton in this game, but that's the thing about Gallup is that with the body and with the catch radius that he can display, and especially with the jump leaping ability, sometimes you could tell Dak was kind of putting it up. And I wonder if that was an adjustment to like, hey man, if I can't if I can't get you with some separation, I can put it over, and you could use kind of that jump ball ability to go up and get it. And so that ended up being really nice. The Cowboys separated themselves, especially in the third quarter in this game, when they scored a couple of touchdowns. And I start as I was starting to remember. This game from last year, Cowboys made it a point because one of the things they struggled with last year was their run defense. Saquon Barkley was rendered ineffective in this game. Real tough game for him. And you could tell that the Cowboys made it a focal point. Hey, look, we're not letting Saquon get off in this game. Only 11 carries for 39 yards in the loss for the San, for the New York Giants that day. Now I'm ready to talk about how this was. This felt more like the CD game. Funny enough, we were talking about it. What was it, Green Bay, where he had 150 yards? Yep. This felt like the one, even though he did not have as many yards. I think it was like six catches for 100. Buckle six, yeah. Right? Um, however, this is CeeDee Lamb with one hand grabbed 
just being like, I only need one hand to catch this ball. Don't worry yeah. about it. Right? Like, that's the one that we played coming into this segment where it's like, one hand, that penalty, on penalty hold hand. on the sideline. Yep. Don't worry, I could use my right hand and bring this in. There's another instance where he almost scores a touchdown fading backwards using one hand, right? Like, this is the one where it looked like CD was really in control of his body. The routes were crisp. He was creating a lot of separation, and he was making crazy catches. This is the one where it was like, oh, CD Lamb is here. CD Lamb, as the season went on, you could just see, obviously, he's always had the body control, and he's always had, you know, really good hands. But it just felt like during that second half of the year, things slowed down for him. You could tell that he was comfortable in the role of being that number one guy. And all the plays that had to be made, 88 was making them. And from the 817, that catch was so dirty. It was. And that was one of Tony Pollard's favorite catches of the season that he talked about when talking about CeeDee Lamb during the NFL's top 100. That catch he made on the sideline. Again, CeeDee Lamb's emergence last year, especially in the second half. And for you in this game in particular, was a big storyline for the Cowboys last season. A couple more things I want to talk about. I need to talk about the linebackers real quick. Damone Clark is officially a starter at this point in the season. A lot of props to Damone Clark and Leighton Vanderesh over the last couple of games, last few games, especially in this one. It definitely felt a lot like um, Damone Clark did a good job trying to stay clean. Now, of course, that's not entirely his job, but staying clean, staying in the in in, in the play, right? Instances where it's like, ooh, that might be tough to get to the get to the hole where you're supposed to be. Did a good job of that. Leighton Van Der Esch had a couple of instances where definitely the same. Blew up a quarterback sneak uh, at the goal line where um, you turn seven into three because Daniel Jones is up there and it's like it's a quarterback sneak on the one-yard line. This is going to get in here after I think that was like after Slayton mossed uh, Anthony Brown. Leighton Van Der Esch just jumps over the line and stops him. And it's like that turns a seven into three. Those are the type of things that you absolutely need. And the linebackers yeah. gave a lot of a lot of great play in this game. Um, what was the other one? Oh, the tight ends, boy. Tight ends were hooping. Then Peyton Hendershot get loose in this game. Hendershot had a tight had a jet sweep. Yeah, and that's led that's what led to the yeah. tight end whack a mole. Remember that one? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ferguson showed his athleticism on a play that was looked relatively you know benign. It's almost one of those Dalton Schultz specials where it's just kind of he sits down maybe five seven yards down the field, except he catches the ball and in the way that you know sometimes it takes a little bit of time to turn around and get going. Plants his foot and immediately gets upfield. It's like, oh, there's the athleticism. In fact, there's another instance where um, reaches up, grabs a pass, and then hurdles a defender in open space. Right, like so. It's a pass that's a little high. Jumps up and grabs it. First of all, showing that level of athleticism. Yeah. Turns around, starts running, and is like, "There's a dude in front of me." No, there's not. And that got me really excited. The idea of and these are the instances where you look up and you go, "Oh, that's the high end." And so, look, man, this was a really fun game all the way around looking at the Cowboys, even though it wasn't perfect, right? There's the interceptions. Um, there's a, there's a penalties. I was like, hey, man, I didn't remember just how many times Tyler Smith actually got some of these penalties. Yeah. And look, you, I really should have because by the end of the year, he was one of the most penalized linemen. And it was good, it was good for him being thrown into that situation the way that he played. But still, those are the things that need to get cleaned up. And so there, it wasn't a perfect game, but it showed just how good this team could be when you get Dak Prescott on a speed option out here making and slinging the ball well, the wide receivers hitting their spots, the linebackers getting up the field, right? And then also the defensive line doing a decent job making sure to make the run untenable for the Giants. Solid play by uh, the Cowboys and brought them to a pretty good, pretty good place in the middle of the season. So get right with Reg and KG right here on 105.3 The Fan as Reg continue his Cowboys rewatch of the 2022 NFL season. Two really good wins for the Cowboys, destroying the Vikings and taking out the Giants on Thanksgiving Day. Always a good day. 
and the Cowboys win on the Thanksgiving holiday. It's going to be a really amazing day on Saturday when Dirk Nowitzki gets inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Isaac Harris of Mavs.com live in Springfield going to join us next on the Get Right. So get right, Revenge of KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Ross and Rigo holding down for you here on your Turn It On and Leave It On station. Really appreciate you joining us on this Thursday night on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. Really excited to be joined by our next guest. We usually have his partner on the show with us on the Locked On Mavs podcast, Nick Angstad, of course. But tonight, we are joined by his better half. <laughs> uh, that would be Isaac Harris joining us here of Mavs.com. A hat wearing man. That's right, Isaac. What's going on, man? Let's go. Let's talk some Mavs. Kevin. Kevin's got the smoothest voice in radio. So he's like, <laughs> hey, can we talk Mavs tonight? I'm like, dude, I'm down to talk some Mavs up here in a hotel in, in, in Boston. Well, I appreciate you taking a few minutes with us, man, because I saw what inspired me to reach out to you because I see that you are in. Boston, you're getting ready for the Hall of Fame ceremony. Talk to me about your experience going into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame and just taking in this weekend as Dirk gets ready to be immortalized among the Basketball Hall of Famers. It's it's such a special weekend in franchise history. I mean, you think about biggest moments in franchise history. This is, has to be near the top. And, I mean, Dirk is the Dallas Mavericks. And yeah, I made the drive, staying in Boston, visiting some friends and stuff too, and made the drive about an hour and a half over to Springfield today and just spent some time just walking through by myself, taking notes and seeing how much stuff already Dirk has in that place. Uh, but also as they're you know preparing for enshrinement on, on Saturday. And it's just, it's so cool just to soak it in somebody that, you know, we're in, we're all in Dallas and we've watched him. It feels like hundreds of times, you know, take the floor and, it doesn't feel like five years ago that he stepped away. And now here it is that he's going to be immortalized as he's already one of the, you know, the best in the game. And now he's going to be recognized as that. Isaac, one of my favorite, Oh, sorry about that. I, one of my favorite things about Dirk is obviously we could talk about his greatness on the court. We can talk about the metrics and all those things, but it feels like, especially if you've been in the Metroplex during his long run, there's something uniquely personal for a lot of players, a lot of people about Dirk Nowitzki. Is that what is it for you? What what is the thing for you that you think about personally with Dirk Nowitzki and how he may have touched or affected your life through his career? You know, I'd say how much he just brought himself down to make him him feel like one of us. I think it's so ironic when when you go into the Hall of Fame, you you get about an elevator, you go to you go to uh, floor three, and it's this you know circle kind of concourse and the whole first you know the third floor and you kind of work yourself down is all of these like measurements of players in the hall of fame and you can see how tall you are you know compared and where your hand is on a basketball and wingspan and you're basically looking at all these things saying how are we the same species like i'm i can't i'm nowhere near as tall as some of these players and my hand and all of this stuff and you're looking at it and saying 
man, I'm nowhere near where you are physically. And it's such an ironic thing because I look at it and say, man, but, you know, this is showing how different we are. But Dirk's whole career is about how similar we are because he brought himself down to earth so much and made himself feel – it didn't feel like he was a, a different level than anybody else because he was who he was as a person, no matter where he was, whether he was on the court, you know, beating the crap out of KG in a, in a playoff series because, yes, he's better than Kevin Garnett, or <laughs> whether he was doing stuff in the, commu- <laughs> doing stuff in the community, you know, for, for people. He just, he's one of a kind, man. Isaac, talk to us, if you can, about the, just the trajectory of how the Mavericks franchise changed once Dirk got there and started obviously helping this team win. Can you speak to some of that and how he changed the perception of the Mavericks as a franchise as a whole? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you hear a lot about Dirk's, you know, kind of upbringing in Germany. You know, it's not, it's so different than, than Luca, right? Like Dirk came in as this unproven, young, skinny, tall kid out of Germany. And, you know, Luca's the exact opposite. Luca comes in with all the accolades and, you know, Luca didn't need the Mavs. All right. The Mavs needed Luca and Dirk came in and was like, yeah, you, you hear a lot about how, you know, they went to him. They wanted to invest in him. They wanted to give it time. And, you know, it took a little bit for him, but man, once it clicked, you know, I, I brought, you know, Thomas's book uh, that he read, you know, that he wrote the great Nowitzki uh, with me on the plane. I'm reading it throughout the weekend too. And it's such a good book on Dirk's upbringing and in, uh, into the Mavs and stuff, but it just changed everything. I mean, when you, Whenever you draft the you know the best player in franchise history, it's going to change everything. But you got the early 2000s and him playing with Nash and everything, and then it started to click there. And when he, he pulls in the MVP, and then obviously you know you lose in 2006, which you know we don't really recognize that. Uh, but 2011 was that year. I'm I'm personally tomorrow's the press conference. Should I? Let me ask you guys. Should I ask Dwayne Wade a question about? like what 2011 meant to him, you know, kind of like on his hall of fame weekend. I feel like Ooh. he needs to get reminded about 2011. <laughs> this is the tough part. It's like from a national perspective, there's going to be people that are like, that's low, bro. It's locally. <laughs> you will be a hero celebrated as a hero. <laughs> that's right. Okay. I mean, don't tip me. I'm, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> um, I like that you made the connection between um, Dirk and Luca because Luca is obviously trying to forge his own path as a superstar. And one thing that Dirk kind of struggled with for a long time is that support. We've been talking about this off season, how the Mavericks are going to get Luka Doncic that support. And we could talk about that in a broader, broader strokes way. But I mean, at least yesterday we saw that they made and another addition in that path. Isaac, what, what were your thoughts on the addition of Derek Jones Jr. to this squad as it currently is, is uh, constituted? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was a depth signing. Uh, I'm not reading a ton into it. I don't think Derrick Jones Jr. You know, propels you back to the conference finals. Uh, but I like what they're doing with the end of the roster. You're adding size. You're adding length. You're adding – you look at, you know, what their wing rotation was last year compared to going into this season and adding a Grant Williams, a Derrick Jones Jr., you know, an Omax, like – we're adding the bigger wings. That's the type of wings you got to have. That's the depth you got to have on a roster. So I like the signing. It doesn't you know, move the needle a ton, but I, I like using some of the last roster spots on, on bigger wings like him. 
So we're talking about the last roster spots now, but I mean, there's still a very big question when it comes to center, particularly starting center when it comes to this team. Do you feel like they're done or do you do you have confidence that a move actually gets made to address that or maybe even something else on the roster currently? Yeah, I do think they make a move. I, I'm still in that camp. I, I, I'm still in the camp that they, they'll have their starting center on day one will be a, a guy that's not on the roster right now. We got to see how the rest of, you know, there's some big names out on the market right now that still haven't been moved. Damian Lillard, James Harden, Pascal Siakam. I mean, some of these trades are going to be massive trades that a lot of people, you know, we assume that some of those get names will be moved. And those are going to be three, maybe four team trades and then ripple effects after that. So Dallas made it pretty evident that they wanted to improve that spot going into the offseason. They've tried. I think that's important. They've tried a lot to improve that. Just hasn't worked out so far. And I still think that they're going to try. And I do think that they'll they'll pull off a, a move for a better big man come tra- before training camp. Isaac Harris, co-host of the Locked on Mavs podcast and contributed to Mavs.com. Joining us here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan. We're starting to see some trickles of the NBA schedule start to come out. And I'm sure you have seen it on Christmas Day. The Mavericks are going to be visiting Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns on Christmas Day. What are your thoughts on some of the early uh, leakage of the NBA schedule, including Victor Wimbanyama's first ever NBA game at home, going to be uh, hosting Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks? I know. I mean, Nick and I were texting about it uh, today. Is like He's like, hey, you want to head down for that Wimby game? And it's on my birthday, so I'm like, I feel like that's a good little birthday present. Uh, my wife's listening right now, so uh, <laughs> hey, Barb, birthday present. I need to go. I need to go down to that Spurs. Uh, but but no, I think that's a that's a cool start to a rivalry, right? I mean, I was excited to see Wimby in the league, but not as as excited that he's going to be down the highway, you know, for the next you know 15 years. Um, and then yeah, the Christmas Day games. I mean, heck, it's the Suns. We don't like the Suns, right? Like. You get the matchup. Luka gets the matchup with his, you know, his friend, the Kardashian Pez dispenser and Devin Booker. <laughs> Good God. You know, so, <laughs> I, I mean, he gets to – so, let, let's do it again. Let's remind him of game seven. And, I mean, he's got a stacked team now, so there's no excuses for Phoenix. Damn, Isaac, off the top rope, I, bro. I don't know what off to say after rope, that. man. And the worst part is it's my turn. I'm the one who has to say yeah, stuff after that. you get to follow that. that up. That's right. I don't know what to do. Um, let's <laughs> let's go more to the X's and O's of the basketball. Like, what what is what is the optimal play style of this team um, with Kyrie and Luka Doncic going into the season? Right. I'm, obviously, we we both are in this um, mode of believing that they're not quite done. But what does it ultimately look like if they get everything right in the off season? What's the play style look like? I mean, you're still going to play play through Luka Doncic. The the biggest thing is, will Luka play off ball more this year? I think I, I have more questions about that than I do pace. Because, yeah, when he's out, off the floor, Kyrie's going to pick up the pace. He's going to run with it. We saw that last year. Um, I'm not worried about them playing together. I think they're too smart. They're too brilliant of players on the basketball floor and to not figure it out. Um, but you're still going to want the ball in, in Luka Doncic's hands at the end of the game or in during the game. But will he – and this is one of the uh, results of him getting in shape this offseason and seeing all the Instagram stuff that we've seen. If that's real, then that allows him more energy and just to be able to move off ball. And when he doesn't have the ball, it's not at the top of the key. So that's the stuff that I, I want to see. How can, can Luca be a screener for Kyrie? Man, I want to see that action more. I want to see them 
screening for each other and rolling and have him as a short roller at time and just the gravity that Luca has. They're still going to want to surround him, you know, with, with shooters on the floor. You still have Maxi out there to give you a small ball five option in that. Um, you know, that's the appeal of a Clint Capella, right? Like Dwight Powell is right now probably penciled in as the starter. I know Mavs fans love hearing that. But Dwight Powell's penciled in as a starter because he can run the pick and roll so good with Luka. And that brings its own gravity. Rashawn Holmes can run pick and roll. So if they can get a big like a Clint Capella or another big out there that can run the pick and roll uh, to the degree of Dwight, but but maybe a little bit better than Dwight, then that's the ideal thing. And that's what they're going to run. That That's the offense right there. And But they got to get better defensively. And I think some of the additions they've made this offseason will help them get better defensively. Isaac, I'll let you go on this. Give me your favorite Dirt Nowitzki story. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I've, I've seen Dirk in action at – um, yeah, at Christmas parties downtown with kids playing ping pong, uh, handing out toys and playing Santa and all of that. And those are awesome. I mean, being in the, being in the arena for, you know, all the, those last few years of hitting the milestones and climb, climbing the scoring list. And I was just reading, you know, about his last home game and all those memories are coming back. I mean, personally, I'll just go back to my very first time I ever met Dirk. You hear all the stories, you hear all the stuff, and here I was, you know, I guess this was eight years ago. It was my very first practice. I'm in a media scrum. Uh, Rick Carlisle's talking to us, you know, which, you know, Rick was super nice guy. And, <laughs> you know, you got, you got to chuckle on that. Uh-huh, right? That's <laughs> right. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. You know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden I hear that, I mean, I feel this like tug on my backpack. And, I mean, I don't know anybody, right? Like, I'm just, like, I'm just a newbie. I don't want to mess up. And I turn around, I don't see anybody. And I see Dirk walking up the steps of the practice court uh, there at the AAC. And he's, like, he points at me. He just starts, like, giggling. And it was just, like, I'll never forget that because I'm, like, dude, you have no clue I am. I mean, I'm nervous as heck that you even pulled on my backpack. But he's just, like, a kid. He's just having fun. And it was just, like, a playful way of, like, I just viewed that as like, hey, welcome, cool. Like, I don't know who you are, kid, but you're here, and I'm going to mess with you. And so I'll just – I'll never forget that tiny little moment that, you know, obviously he doesn't know. But he's just such a, a fun dude, man. He, they, don't, they don't make him like Dirk Nowitzki. Can I leave you with a quote real quick? Please do. Sure. I'll leave you with a quote that was on the wall today. Um, uh, it was on the wall of the Hall of Fame, and uh, I think it's just – it adds to it. It says, we call them legends – we call them superstars, heroes, and now dot 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 Hall of Famers. And Dirk Nowitzki for years has been a legend. He's a superstar. He's a hero in Dallas, and now he gets to add that title of Hall of Famer. And that's a, a special moment for not just the franchise but the city too. Terrific stuff from my guy Isaac Harris. You can find him on Twitter at Isaac L Harris, co-host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, contributor to Mavs.com. Enjoy your time in the Northeast, man, man, and I appreciate you taking some time with us here on the Get Right. I appreciate it, guys. See ya. There he goes. Isaac Harris of the Lockdown Mavs podcast going to join us here on the Get Right. I'm sure Nick will be happy. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly what I'm looking at. At A tweet from at Nick Van Exit on Twitter. That's Nick Angstat. Uh Hearing Isaac Harris leave Reg Attitude speechless on 105.3 The Fan. It's just him with a uh, very, very proud smile. <laughs> so, 
It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, we go inside the gray area where this jet wants to eat this. Huh? Next on the Get Right. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This segment on the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. At Classic Chevrolet, they do everything with purpose. That's why they're offering you their best model year in savings on new Silverados. See them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. Your upgrade is their purpose. Shop model year in savings today. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Relax and enjoy the difference. Find new roads. I don't like how Ross is in here trying to like audition for voiceover jobs right now. That's actually three-time all-region choir member to you. Oh well, well. <laughs> you, you're getting a little too sassy. Oh, I'm gonna my. need you to calm down. That's the second time Red's been rendered speechless uh, on this show tonight. My goodness, uh, it's to get right. How you feel about that? I don't know how to feel. You don't know how to feel about that. I have not processed it. I, <laughs> once I do, I'll let you know. It's to get right. Red's a KG on 105 through the fan. The speechless Reginald Atatula. Uh, Everybody name, knows that about me. I'm often speechless. I often don't have something to that's say. That's a damn lie. What? Uh, you heard me. Mm. <laughs> Kevin Gray, Ross Rigo, hold it down for you here. Ross Rigo? Okay, so wait, exactly. So wait, the as we're about to go inside the gray area here in just a moment. Uh, so that begs the question, Ross. Um, tenor, baritone, what 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 we are, had this conversation, didn't we? Did we? He forgot the conversation. You can do give him uh, the He did forget, and I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a little hurt about it. Um, I mean, right. he has a lot happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot, a lot going on. I'm it's sorry. all right. Uh, so in high school, when I was a all region choir member, I was a bass too. But you know, as the we get older, voice matures a little bit more. So bomb, bomb guy, Is that more what? of a baritone at this point. Oh, okay. Do you still you know participate in singing? Do you sing every so often, or no? And that's kind of a a tough thing. It's kind of like. I guess sports in a lot of ways, it's kind of like once you kind of get out of high school, if you don't like go to school for it, sure. you kind of, that kind of is it. Like a if lot of. If you're not a real hooper, 
<laughs> this hoop, the hoop just leave you. Some some of us still hoop, you know what I mean? Recreationally. Ball is life. You feel me? <laughs> I about lost it over here. <laughs> Uh, thank you for your contribution. Appreciate that. Uh, let's go inside the gray area here uh, on the Get Right or Education. Coming up at the top of the hour, we got your headlines. Um, oh, that's a new one. Okay. This is the weekend. Of course it is. It's, I mean, it's only Thursday. Uh, you, you feel you feel like you got to get some, you gotta get, get it back a little bit? Is that what you're doing? I don't know. Okay. I, I wasn't like super proud of that, but I was like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to put up shots. You, know? <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You know? Uh, from the 214, apparently this shot may not be working out for them. Um, do you see this text here? I don't know if this is real. Uh, I'm going to read it as if it is because okay. this sounds terrible. Uh, from the 214, hey, guys. I told my girlfriend a new knock-knock joke last night, and it went like, knock-knock, who's there, will, will who? Will, will you, will you, you marry, marry me? me? Yeah. She started crying and I was laughing. Then she slammed the door and I haven't seen her since. Now, I, I don't look. Do, I, I first, don't, first I, question, do you believe this? Well, I don't understand. No, one, no. Okay. Um, but I all don't right. necessarily understand all the circumstances here because like in this situation, are you saying that you told this as a joke with no intentions of proposing Posing, marriage? Or this was the actual... Yeah. Either way, I got some. I got a little bit of slander for you. But um, <laughs> one way, it's a little bit more good, good-natured. Uh, no, this, I mean... These, please provide more context, 214, please. Again, I still don't believe it's real. If this but no, real. it just... It's, it, it feels like one of those things that you don't joke about. Understand, like, the miscommunication is a lot worse than if she just got the joke. And it seems like... Assuming this is correct and real. Yeah, you found yourself in the miscommunication. Yeah. Uh, let's hope that eventually she'll talk to you. If, again, if this is real. I keep, like, we have to put that caveat there. Mm-hmm. If this is real. That's right. Because you're not going to get us. Uh, apparently, this is a real clip from uh, Jets training account. Now, I'm assuming this is coming from Hard, Hard Knocks. Um, <laughs> where so far, I have not watched the first episode. Pretty good. Uh Really? Yeah. I, as somebody who is real really? skeptical on uh-huh, Hard Knocks. Yeah, I know how you feel about it. They lean into a lot of it, right? Like, well, first of all, one of the tough things about Hard Knocks is where I'm continuing to delay getting to this audio, um, is that oftentimes you are going to get the people that are interested in being in it, which means the people that are really interesting on the team don't end up being in it. They don't have to be. So you yeah. end up, and they do a good job of building stories around, you know, guys that are on the fringes and some of the guys that are young and stuff. But a lot of times... You're not certain that they're always going to be interesting people. And then some of the people that you're starting to attach to, you're like, I know he's not going to make the roster. So with this, they come out strong with, we are talking about Aaron Rodgers. We are talking to Aaron Rodgers. We are leading into all of the Aaron Rodgers frenzy. And and to the point where, and this is going to be a spoiler alert if you have not watched the first episode of Hard Knocks. I apologize to everybody except KG. He's just going to have to deal with it. Um, to the point where Liev Schreiber pulls up, and I believe that he is... Oh, he actually pulled up? In a helicopter, my boy. Yeah. Um, and I, be- I believe he is a Jets fan. Aaron Rodgers is a big fan of uh, Liev Schreiber. So I, I believe that there was a there was a lot of uh, mutual appreciation there. But yeah, man, like they were, they were having a good time. You could tell that everybody was basking in the glow of this new association with Aaron Rodgers, and I think that made it really fun. And for and, folks who don't know, Liev Schreiber is the voice and narrator of Hard Knocks, uh, if you didn't know. Uh, but apparently, 
the Jets, uh, they want to eat what? Eat a Carcucci board. So, so can I explain what happened there? Yes. So apparently, I believe this is the defensive line. Some defensive linemen were over there, and one of the vets was like, I'll pay to take y'all to a Broadway show. You know what I mean? And so, you know, this is one of those I'm trying to help you young bucks get cultured <laughs> type events. Get settled in the area, right? Because they're in the greater New York, New Jersey area. That's right. Broadway being a big, you know, attraction when we talk about New York City. And so it's like, no, you know, we gonna, I'll pay for that. And he was like, and then I think there was somebody who was like, I don't know about sitting through it. Someone had some trepidation about this. And so there was another guy who you ultimately heard, and he was like, no, nah, I want to do it. I don't want to do that. I want to eat. And he, he meant char- a charcuterie board. Uh-huh. That's right. He said the other thing. He said the other thing. Which, you know what? He might want to eat that, too. Like, I can't really, you know what I mean? Like, more power to you, my boy. Is the security board in a, a true level, an example of, like, grow up? I mean. Because I feel like it I is. Yes. Like, I, I think we're doing this thing of late where we're trying to make it a lot bigger than it is in some ways. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's adult Lunchables, man. You get some fine cured meats. You get some, um, you know, nice cheeses. You had a, you've, had a good, you've had a good security board? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've had one of our good friends, one of our good family friends. She has a whole security board like business. Ooh. And she's, well, she's definitely riding the wave because people are out there buying charcuterie oh, oh, yeah. boards. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she makes, like, they look absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, I just found that funny. Like, hey, man, grow your ass up. Well, this is the thing. Get, get, get the charcuterie boarding. Uh, you know, you know, you know what, what? What's the thing that I think about sometimes? Um, as I am, of course, now thirty-one. Um, not actually old, but you know, old enough. You getting there? We be forgetting how young all these dudes are because, like, they're big, big humans. <laughs> these are young dudes. A lot of the time, right? Like these dudes are. 21, 22. We start talking about them about them being old when they're like 27. Can you remember when you were 27 and how not old you felt? How much of a, you know, attacked. a youth that you felt like? I feel attacked. There was no reason to be attacked. I was just trying to t- bring you back to that place oh, wherever that place triggered. was. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you you, I'm sorry. you jumped out. Hit dog was hollering. Didn't nobody Hollered. do nothing. Wow. Hollered. Um, no, but it's, sincerely, it's just like these dudes are often a lot younger than sometimes we think about. And so I can easily see, especially when we talk about football players where so much of their life and has been dedicated to football and practice and training and abstaining from other stuff, that like, hey, man, grow up. It's like, hey, man, he's 21. He's, none of dudes, none, nobody's really grown up at that point. So, yeah, man, I can understand how you, I don't actually know if that dude was 21, to be fair. But, like, you know what I mean? Early 20s, you know, yeah, man, he's trying to he's trying to figure out Broadway and uh, charcuterie boards. I keep wanting to say it the way that he said it, but I'm like, it's better if I don't. Good, good job. It's smart if I don't. <laughs> I'm glad you have uh, decided to keep yourself disciplined for that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we don't want you running off the road, 469. But Please don't. Appreciate you enjoying the program, though. Be safe. Uh, definitely be safe on the uh, on the road out there. Uh, as we continue inside the uh, the yeah, grave. Demarcus Lawrence is thirty. I'm as old as Demarcus Lawrence. What is happening? All right, two one four. I see what you you saw an opening and you think you're gonna get the opening answered for you. Have y'all not realized that I really I really don't be I don't, I don't be letting that fly all that easy. It's got to be earned. Yeah, Reg don't just get out there and perform just for the sake of performing because y'all asking. I'm a little bit of a contrarian too, if y'all didn't notice. <laughs> so the more you ask for it, the, the less it makes me want to do it. Yeah, Reg's not into the you know, the performative aspect of this, so you might want to not just ask him. He sure is. 1992. Hey man, I am six days older than Demarcus Lawrence. Shut up. Six days. You're older than Demarcus Lawrence by six days. 
These dudes are young, man. Bro. These dudes are young. This is year 10 for Demarcus Lawrence in the league. That's what I'm saying. It's like, and we talk about him like he is long in the tooth. Because it feels like he's been here forever. And that's that ultimately that was the point that I wanted to make. Because I could have swore he was like in his mid-30s. It's easy to forget that these dudes are relatively young, man. Or like just You're six days older than wow. Yeah, man. I was not ready for that. Um Shout out to Casey, man. I know I'm. A, I know that I'm a lot younger than I think. I, I think the point that I was trying to make, and I think it's really dawned yes. on KG, yes. is like that. No idea. We got to remember just how young some of these athletes are when we talk about them. I mean, like, look, man, I'm older than Dak Prescott. Yeah, you are. And we talk about Dak Prescott, crazy. I got a piece of mediocre audio that I'll play for you a little bit later on. Anyway, um, before we get out of here in the uh, the gray area. This is why Hollywood can kick rocks, specifically uh, Hollywood executives. Okay. Yes. Check this out. You know the show Suits? Yes. Great television show. show. Uh, Suits is the most watched acquired series of all time with 12.8 billion minutes viewed over four weeks. Okay. Okay. Um, there's a lot of questions, follow-up questions that I'd like to ask, but it's not really conducive to the time. But... This, is, this is coming from the LA Times. Sure. Meanwhile, a writer from the series only received, check this out, $259 in residuals last quarter. So, yeah. Feels like, uh, you know, the uh, one of the American principles is like, you know, honest honest pay for some honest work. And it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't feel like that gets held up. The tough part about it is, man, it's it's really hard to make some folks sympathize when they look up and they go, oh, man, look at all them rich folks. And it's like, one, not all these people are rich. And two, it's just like, and this comes back to sports as well. If it feels like your job is something that does not feel like it's just essential, backbreaking work, there's a lot of folks that won't, don't respect it always. And I think that's really sad because clearly you, you want it to be fair, regardless of what the, what the type of work is. And... I can honestly say that for me, I don't believe that a lot of this, a lot of the um, compensation uh, arrangements when we talk about the the relationships between writers and actors and such and VFX artists who have apparently um, done their own cl- clicking up for strike compared to the studios. I don't think that agreement necessarily ends up being as fair as it should be. That's inside the gray area here on the Get Right Revenge KG on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we got your... Headlines at the top of the hour, including a little bit of NBA schedule news for your Dallas Mavericks. Ooh. Next on the Get Right. Good I want to go to a Broadway show. I want to eat a Carcucci board. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.